Children who need to be taught to respect traditional moral values are being taught that they have an inalienable right to be gay. All of those children are being cheated of a sound start in life. A Gay and a Non-Gay is a podcast from James Barr and Dan Hudson. Two unlikely friends take on the world. Guys, we need to wish someone a very happy birthday today to Section 28. It's kind of a belated birthday and... Yeah, I am not concerned in any way, shape or form that I forgot to watch Section 28 <laughs> happy birthday on its actual birthday. So we're doing it now. Okay. A few weeks later. Welcome to a gay and a non-gay. Hi, welcome to the podcast. It's gay and non-gay. I'm Dan Hudson. He's James Barr. And this episode is brought to you with Emerald Life. So, Section 28, if, if you don't know what Section 28 is, um, well, Dan has a degree in politics, so Dan, you, you should probably just take this away. Uh, thanks very much. Yeah, got a 2 1 from Leeds. Oh, <laughs> oh, is that it? I thought, the way you go on about it, I thought it was a first, but it's fine. A 2 1 is still an achievement. <laughs> I don't go on about Where do I go on about <laughs> it? Fine. Anyway, take it away, take it away. Well, you haven't even got a degree, oh, so you sh- just sh- shut Okay, fine. Section 28 was a law that the Conservative government passed that banned the promotion of homosexuality in schools. So in real terms, what that meant was that, I say that like I was around at the time, I wasn't. It banned teachers from promoting the idea that a homosexual relationship was the same as, which obviously it is, was equal to a heterosexual one. Right, James? And the Prime Minister at the time said children who need to be taught to respect traditional moral values are being taught that they have an inalienable right to be gay. All of those children are being cheated of a sound start in life. Yes. Cheated. The words of Margaret Thatcher. So you wouldn't presumably have been aware... No, of course not, because I was too young, I guess. Yeah. Actually, my teacher, my RE teacher at school, we've talked about this previously, denied Section 28 and just talked about being gay and religion. And it was incredible, actually. And I'm sure that was breaking the law, because I don't think Section 28 ended until... Uh, 2003, I believe. Right, so, God, yeah, like, he totally just ignored it. And I guess that was your right as a teacher if you wanted to, but you'd have been in trouble if, if someone had complained, right? Yeah, Section 28 has a lot to answer for. Yes, it does. And and she's like, children are being cheated of of a sound start in life. But I would argue that actually I was cheated of a sound start in life because not being able to be yourself blocks you from growing up. And and then you grow up, in my case, you grow up with so much shame and mental health issues that you haven't been able to work through because you've been taught or told that you don't belong there or that you're wrong, that you're... You're an other. You don't exist. And, if you, and, and for example, like if I was bullied about being gay, I couldn't tell anyone about that or do anything about it because they had to ignore that that had even happened. I can't really get my head around it. It's because it's so, like, presumably that means in, in schools up and down the country, if somebody's got, if, if a gay child has an issue and wants some counselling or anything, presumably that's just, that was just not a thing. Yeah, you were just, I think you were just ignored. Binned off. Yeah, yeah, you were, okay, binned off, yeah. And I think now things are very different and we live in 2018 and Harry Styles is almost revealing that he's bisexual in his music and then there's Rita Ora's very divisive bisexual song, uh, Girls and Janelle Monae is amazing. Christine and the Queens are like promoting gender fluidity. Troy Sivan is singing about bottoming um, and having his song played on mainstream radio. Years and years are there. It's, you know, we live in an amazing time where there's incredible LGBTQ plus performers out there and they're not promoting 
homosexuality or queer lifestyles. They are just living their truth. And I think that is a very key difference and is what was so wrong about Section 28, right? Because it was seen as promotion, but actually it wasn't stopping promotion of homosexuality. It was stopping children from expressing their true selves. It's a weird word, isn't it? Promotion. It's literally what's going on in Russia, right? I guess so, There's a law there, which is pretty much Section 28, I think. Yeah. Which is like banning the promotion of homosexuality. But yeah, it is a weird word because it's not promoting anything by literally blocking a whole group, probably a strong majority of your actual citizens from living their truth, right? It's it's a huge minority. It's a huge minority of of people. And it's just disgusting. I I hate Russia, and I hate so much that the World Cup is happening there right now, because it means it's going to be thrown in my face constantly. Literally, even looking at, like, a cup of a leading fast food chain, you just look at the cup, and it's got Russia 2018 written on it. I don't want to see that. Songs on Spotify, Russia 2018. Literally, get out of my face, you disgusting homophobic country. It's really triggering me. I just about got over it on vodka bottles, and now it's everywhere. (laughs) It's so annoying, don't you feel? It's not for me to feel it, really. My brother's going to Russia to see the World Cup, and I cannot help but be, like, annoyed with him. And it's so stupid because he's not supporting Russia's regime. No. But by going to that country, I feel like he's giving them money. Yeah. And then I feel really guilty for all the people that are there that don't have our help and support. So maybe it's great the world is descending upon it to show them another way, but it's just just annoying. So do you think that people shouldn't go to places like Russia or... Zimbabwe. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not I don't actually you. know what I'm saying because I'm being completely, I'm just speaking from my heart rather than my, I'm not thinking intelligently. I'm not giving you a media response here. I'm just spe- speaking as James. Because like, I, 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 I mean, I po- kind of think that. I kind of forgot that I'm on a podcast and that we have an influence and, and that this is, you know, an, effectively an official statement at some point if someone wants to go back through it and listen to it. But I, yeah, I do kind of feel that. Yeah, it, it does feel like. It feels, personally, it feels as though my brother going to the World Cup in Russia feels like he's... Mugging you off. Yeah, a little bit. It does kind of feel like that, which is odd because he's clearly not, or is he? Like, it does. It feels like he's going to Russia. It feels like he's not putting me first because he wants to go and support England and be a lad. (laughs) And I'm like, wait a second, this country's appalling. It treats its LGBTQ plus people appallingly and you're supporting that by going. But that is... Would you not go to Eurovision? In Russia, no. I wouldn't. They have done it there, and they, and loads of gay people went, and there wasn't oh, really? there wasn't really a problem, I don't think. But you know what, like Dan, I would I don't think I would go to Russia unless I was doing something that I felt was for the good of the people that live there and weren't getting help. And same for other countries, but I don't think I would just go there on a jolly. No, I couldn't do that. I couldn't go to a country like that and not help people that I felt I needed help. A lot of bands, so like Enter Shikari, for example, who are a big band in Britain, they tour all over the world, and they go to places like Russia because they feel like. It's not the citizens of that country. And Bruce yeah. Springsteen, I would probably say the same thing. It's not yeah. the citizens of them got a problem with them. I agree. And it's not fair to deny them. Yeah. Well, I'm sure in big cities, you know, there are a lot of people that don't agree with the way it's run and and that there are people trying to help. But yeah, I don't know. It's just a bit dodgy, isn't it? I had to edit this video, which was Michael Owen talking, you know, the footballer, talking about how great it is to live in Dubai. And I was editing it because it's kind of like funny because he's, he's such an idiot. Right. He's just gormless. But 
when I was doing it, I was like, this is this is awful. He's just going on and on about how nobody pays any tax or whatever, and that's why it's so great. Right. But obviously, the other thing that isn't even mentioned, obviously isn't mentioned in a promotional video for Dubai, but the thing everyone knows is obviously that it's a nightmare for women and LGBT people. It's an interesting one, I think, because I think you can't live with a girl unless you're married. Yeah. But My- you can live with a guy if you're a guy. Because there's no law on that. Because they don't realise there are gay people existing. So you could live with a guy, but obviously you'd have to have have separate rooms. But the government would have no concern with you living with another man. Because they they don't acknowledge... They don't acknowledge that you're gay. My friend... This is like... Doesn't really add anything. My friend was in a taxi in Dubai with his girlfriend and they held hands and then the driver tried to take them to the police station. (laughs) What? That's crazy. Why? Because well, they're not married. Yeah, that is. I mean, they are now, but they weren't. But you then. can hold hands with a guy, can't you, in Dubai? It's because you're friends. I just don't understand why any government anywhere in the world has any right to tell you what you can or cannot do with someone that you're in love with. Why can't you just hold hands with someone you love, regardless of gender, race, like anything? It's absolutely ridiculous. It's a lot of admin for the government having yeah, to... Oh, yeah, completely worrying about whether someone's holding hands in a cab. Wow. I've been thrown out of cabs for kissing guys, though. Really? In London, yeah. Really? Yeah. On I wouldn't what? actually do it now because I would be, like, On what, so worried. what grounds? Well, I, I, mean, know, I, get, I don't agree with your sexuality or whatever. Get out. It's all right, though, because you get, like, a free cab ride. <laughs> Because you're like, oh, well, great, what you I, complain? Got, I got halfway home. Well, you're not going to pay. Oh, you? I see. So throwing you out, I'm not going to pay. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. I see, yeah. Uh, you get, great, cool, thanks, mate. And you're halfway home. Kale, another cab. You've saved yourself 10 quid, 15 quid. Brilliant. Gay privilege. I guess the advantage of, like, Uber or... whatever as well is if that happens you can yeah exactly you can i actually do prefer uber for that i feel like although obviously they've done some bad stuff it does feel a little safer in yeah that you know there's a company or corporation behind them that you can come for but then i suppose it's the same with the black cab except with the black cab how do you find what cab that was you've got no trace have you you have to take a picture of their, their yeah. license or something and there's unlicensed ones wow we've gone to a dark place yeah but so I long. suppose it's important that we talk about all this stuff, but now I feel really depressed. This is all Section 28's fault, this conversation, <laughs> this whole thing. It's terrible, isn't it? Yeah. Juno, in her book, This Book is Gay, suggests that people don't go on holiday to... We talk about Juno all the time now. I know, we're both And obsessed. also hang out with Juno all the time, what I, do you do? But she has, in this book, that, uh, yeah, This Book is Gay, which I lent you several months ago, she does like a list of how to deal with this kind of issue and uh, number one tip is don't go to those kind of places because without your tourist money they're fucked aren't they well I agree but I it's just, tricky I do sort of agree and I, I kind of half agree with what I'm saying about Russia and the World Cup but it's just awful I think as well because it's such a straight celebration to me football it seems very non-gay to me now I know I'm wrong I have a lot of gay friends that love football but to me that stereotypically feels I suppose also because of the stigma of being gay in football and how so many footballers supposedly are gay and can't come out and I think because of that it just the whole thing just feels to me is just like ugh yeah I agree I agree with everything you said on the flip though I recently saw the UEFA Champions League final really (laughs) 
well, the first like 15 minutes or whatever when Dua Lipa played, she played like. Oh, really? Yeah, she played like a concert at the UEFA Champions League final, and it was amazing. And I saw this brilliant tweet from a guy that was like, um, Dua Lipa for International Nobel Peace Prize uh, for bringing gay Twitter and football Twitter together. Why doesn't the World Cup have an iconic queen performing? Who's, who's just done the Football World Cup song? I don't think there is one, is there? There is, I saw it come up on Spotify. Uh, there's not an England one, thank God. No, no, God, that would be awful. That's clearly over. <laughs> Why is that clearly over? Because England are over, aren't they? Interestingly, though, the uh, new FIFA World Cup 2018 anthem has the lyrics, We raise our flags and put our pride on our back. We feeling like a champion when we shine our light. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, word, isn't it, to have... Interesting two two yeah. words to have. I in. don't know, like if they're doing that deliberately to like make a stand against Russia's anti-gay rhetoric, or whether they're just reappropriating our word for commercial gain in a football tournament. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It does make me uncomfortable because I'm pretty sure they don't mean gay pride. They just mean like country pride. Yeah. Wee football. That's, that's, that's sorry. I had to somehow break the uncomfortable air in the room. A gay and a non-gay. Hey guys, welcome back. It's a gay and a non-gay. I'm the gay. I'm the non-gay. If you want to say hi, we're at gay non-gay on your socials. And Dan wants to talk about Section Twenty Eight again. <laughs> I just want to quickly say um, about one of the key architects of Section Twenty Eight, which is a woman called Baroness Knight. So here she was talking at the time. Our major concern has been that small children, some as young as five when they start school, have actually had homosexuality thrust at them. There has been a promotional exercise on very young children indeed. And now she's saying she was only trying to do the right thing and she was going off the information that she had at the time and she said she took a lot of information from the papers which i think is a, right. we- a weird oh thing God. for a politician to no but isn't that so alarming that she was uh, that really annoyed me actually she was listening to the papers and she was listening to like i mean what what on any level would you why would you listen to the papers i hate that about the government i feel like even now people listen to the, the press that's why like trump that's what trump's doing all the time apparently he's like sitting down watching the news and deciding on policy and yeah. stuff to do from what he literally watches on Fox, which, as we all know, is complete bullshit. <laughs> it's, it's quite alarming for a British minister to admit that they make policy via the sun. There's one thing making policy based around public opinion, which is to some extent driven by the press, but it's another thing to literally go on record and say, I did this because, because, I, of, because of what I've read in the newspaper. Because of what I read. It's, it's horrifying to me, and it's disgusting that they thought they were helping children how how would suppressing children help anyone because that's effectively what you were doing and what did, what was the word she just used she said that there were, homosexuality was being thrust in children's faces interesting word i thought yeah i did too <laughs> it was a deliberate a, it was a deliberate word i don't think it was oh i do yeah i really don't think it was do you not I what do. do you think what like some sort of hilarious pattern on no i think thrusting. she was deliberately saying it because she was trying to say she was using that word because she was trying to infer that gay people were thrusting literally thrusting right, okay, in children's faces mean. yeah yeah yeah, right? yeah that's why she said that word it was a very deliberate attempt to liken homosexuality to paedophilia yeah to me as a gay person seeing her say that that's how it felt she didn't seem very apologetic no i don't forgive her at all yeah she was just all a bit lackadaisical about it and was like oh well, oh, well yeah. it's over now no it's not it still lives on yeah it does still it live lives on. on it had it was in for 15 years and lives on and you know what for all the bad things tony blair did at least he got rid of that but it took him six years to do it 
Wow, that just says a lot, doesn't it? But we're in a very different place politically now. Also, it really annoys me um, that it was all about homosexuality, gay men. It was nothing about lesbians or bisexuals. It was all aimed at gay men. And thank the Lord for the power of lesbians at that time who stormed. They they were called uh, lesbians against the clause and they abseiled into Parliament. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? A bunch of lesbians abseiled into the UK Parliament to stop Section 28 from going in. They yeah. literally abseiled into Parliament. That's so iconic. Incredible women. Incredible humans. And then four of them that night invaded the BBC newsroom live on air. Good evening. The headlines at six o'clock. In the House stop of Lords, a vote is taking place now on a challenge to the stop poll tax. Tory rebels have said... I love lesbians. It upsets me when some lesbians don't like identifying as lesbians because they don't like that word. They think it's a dirty word. But then you look at a bunch of powerful feminist women abseiling into Parliament. How could you not love the word lesbians? Yeah, that's incredible. They were the best, like, the best of all of us. I love you. Lesbian power. And this brings us back to 2018. And guys, things are, things are better in the UK and the US. Gay marriage is legal, but that doesn't mean that everything is rainbows and butterflies because we know that prejudice still exists, right? Gay people are still shouted out in the street for holding hands with the person they love. A cake shop can supposedly not bake a gay wedding cake for you if it's against their religion. And, and the press are allowed to just continue to print and broadcast vile opinions on the most vulnerable people in, in our community. So we're not there yet. Let's keep amplifying our 20 gay teen queer voices. Preach. Find us on your socials at Gay Non Gay. Listen at GayNonGay.com or just search Non Gay at your fave pod app. And I do apologise if you're hearing quite a lot of noise in this studio at the moment. I'm afraid that um, we have rather been invaded by some people who we hope to be removing very shortly.